black on black, black. Yeah. Hey. Okay, black, 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 black on black, black. Welcome so to black, the time black, is now. Black, I am your host, so Michael Stafford, black, and it is Tuesday, black, February the 15th. And yes, once again, we're gonna keep on pushing this black narrative during Black History Month. All right, amen. Let's get it. This week, as I sit here and recover from my surgery, I got TJ, Brian, and Jackson from Twitchosphere. They are known as the Migos of Twitter. They are the Migos of Twitter. They sit there and make you laugh in all the spaces. It's like having your own different type of podcast in itself. So I invited them on to bring some juice, some flavor to the show this week. So sit back, relax, and we will see you on the other side. In the back, like, oh, word, diamonds are black, like, what you heard, what you heard, what you heard, spilling some Hennessy black on the curb, just for the memory of the deceased. When I black out of awakening the beast, what it's gonna be, what it's gonna be, you don't want with a f- like me, but you never see my f- so black. I'm black on black on black on black on black, 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 black on black, black, my f- so black, 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 I'm black, my skin is so black, I'm rocking that black on black, it's black, rims on this black, wheels in this black, black, with this black, yeah, black, black on black on black on black on black. <laughs> all right all right welcome everybody to the time is now man i am back i got here tj brian and jackson from lakers twitter man got y'all in the building what's going on people what's going on what's going on jackson you there what's going on y'all <laughs> oh oh he had to change the voice up we was talking for a little bit of a he, 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 he knew he had his he had his twitter base like what's going on <laughs> he never, he never sound like that. Anyways, man. hey y'all, hey man, I'm glad y'all came on. Appreciate it. I, I, we call y'all affectionately the Migos of Lakers Twitter, the Migos. So I had to have all y'all on together instead of just one at a time. So I appreciate that. Hey, um, I'm gonna tell everybody how I met these guys. Like I said, I've been having people on from Lakers Twitter, and um, you know, me as the OG going up in there and meeting young people who kind of know a little bit something about the game. But these three brothers have done something special in Lakers Twitter. With all this toxicity, with all this crap, and with all this noise, with all the expectations with these Lakers, these three brothers were able to create a space to where people could come and just enjoy life and just can find some humor behind all the crap. I I know Jackson has a more affectionate way of saying crap (laughs) on this Twitter sphere. So I'm going to go ahead and start it with Jackson. Jackson. Um, who who are people want to know who are you and how'd you get into sports in general? Well, it, it started off it started another baby, you know, I was about three, four years old. Um, I think I think the first game I ever watched. And and it's so crazy because this this what this is really my my remembrance of, you know, Jack and Kobe years. I think the first game I ever watched, I think it was the Western College Finals against uh, Sacramento. And I remember, I can remember my uncle said that they cheat, they cheat, because he was a big, he's a big Sacramento Kings fan, and just how the table Lakers fan. Because you know, for some reason, I was young, I like to cheat on things, you know. And he was saying they cheat, they cheat, they cheated. And uh, to go back and watch the the games and stuff from that series, it do it did look a little fishy, you know. But that from that moment on, I became a Lakers fan. And for me, who I am, I'm I'm a joking person, you know. I like I like to have a little fun. I do things, you know, that that make people come together. I don't do the drama, <laughs> as as he too big just proved. He said we all, all three of us. I can speak for all three of us in this matter. We love to have fun, 
and Twitter's a place to have fun. That's how I met Michael. That's how I met these two guys. We we love each other, you know. And I think that's my number one thing that comes from social media. It's finding people that you connect with on a different level. It don't have to be face to face. That's me. Brian, what same question, brother? Uh, you know, I, I you know I started young. Um, you know my uh. Now, my dad from you know he from Michigan, so he was kind of a Pistons fan. So you know he kind of go way back with the you know the Pistons, you know Magic and Isaiah and Bird and them. And um, my older brother he uh, he started yeah. end up getting into the Lakers because you know my dad liked the Pistons. They used to always argue and stuff. So my brother ended up coming a Kobe fanatic, like I mean getting hats, jerseys, the shoes, like all that stuff, and. You know, when you have an older sibling, you know, you always want to be like them kind of in a way. So when he was a Kobe fan, I was like, you know what? I want to be like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like I had number eight when I was playing in the church league. I was like, man, like, I want to be like Kobe with the fadeaways. You feel me? Like, bite his jersey. Well, we had shirts. So, you know, my shirt used to get soggy kind of when I used to bite it. But, like, you know, all that. And then, you know, like, gradually, you know, getting older and stuff like that. You know, because I always seen LeBron, but I wasn't really, like, you know, watching like that. Because, you know, Cleveland, they had them nasty, you know, televised little TV channels and stuff or whatever. So it was like, you know, like gradually I started watching Braun more and more and more. And then, you know, I think towards, I want to say maybe the last time being like a Kobe fanatic kind of and went to Braun was, I want to say it was the Nuggets versus Lakers series when him and Melo was going at it. And, um, and, you know, Melo was, like, he was my second favorite player behind Bron then. So, I was, like, you know, he beat Melo. I'm, like, bro, like, like I can't I can't, I can't rock with this man like that. Like, he just beat Melo, like, and Melo, him and Melo was going toe-to-toe with it. Like, they was guarding each other. So, it was, like, yeah, you know, and, you know, it took off from there where, I, you know, now I'm a basketball lover at heart and, you know, Bron, my favorite player. And, uh, you know, my older brother got me with the Lakers. And you know, so it all it all kind of came together then with the Lakers yeah. and LeBron at the same time. So I get that, yeah. but hold on, TJ. Before I get to you, I'm on. I'm on. I'm on, I gotta say something, Brian. So wait a minute. So you was a Kobe fan, then you start liking Melo, but then because LeBron be Melo, you was like, let me like LeBron, and then I like the Lakers way before because I was a Kobe fan, so it was coming together. But didn't I hear some about you being an Atlanta Hawk fan too? Which one is it, my brother? See. People want answers. See. All right. When you are from a certain place, of course you're gonna love your home team. Like your home team is gonna be a heart. Okay, because you didn't mention you know? them at all in the whole soliloquy with all the different I mean, players. I just want to make like, sure. Even back, man. I mean, even back then, you know, with the Joe Johnson and Marvin Williams and Jeff yeah. Teague and Jamal Crawford and them boys, like of course, you know. So what you're saying is, what you're saying is, because you're in Atlanta, you got to watch more Atlanta games, but you were still yeah, rooting yeah. for the players. Exactly. Got it. Yeah. That makes sense. Now we all got to clear know, it up. Everybody in. Yeah, you know, I have tickets to fly to LA, and right? Cleveland, you know, right? Like, no, I get like, it, I get it. Yeah. I knew the answer. I just needed it to be clear for the rest of the Twitter sphere and the Lakers Twitter yeah. to understand the depths behind that. So, TJ, uh, same to you, my brother. So, um, you know, when did you start really loving sports and 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 elaborate on that a little bit? Uh let's see. Yeah. Brian, I think the first game I ever watched was uh, Brian when he hit the game one in Cleveland. It was in Cleveland versus the Magic. That was like one of the first time I watched that shit. And uh, after that, after I started watching that shit, well, I ain't, I, I ain't never saw, I ain't, I ain't really watching no Kobe and them. I did not, you know, I'm outside for real. I'm not watching that. So 
Uh, so that happened to be on the TV, and I was like, "Boy, that boy was nice though." And I was like, and he was like one of the, he was like one of the dudes like, he he he's, he had the headband on like Melo. So I always like Melo. Them boys with the headbands used to be nice. You got Island Iverson. So I was like, this, this, this big dude right here with the headband go crazy though. And so I was like, I was like, okay, I gotta start watching this dude. So and I remember the first finals versus the Spurs, and he got swept, and my heart was hurt. That was like the first time, like you you know how you you know how your first feeling, your first feeling like lost like I never really cared about no team but that was like the first time I cared about a team and then when they lost it hurt my feelings. You know what I'm mm. talking about? Yes that was sir. Yeah. shit hurt my feelings. I was like so I must really do like I must really do like Brian. That's my boy. Mm-hmm. So as time went on he he had that and another one was the Mavericks when that series that shit I said I said yeah I'm a I'm a Brian fan at that point because like it's hurting me to see this nigga lose. So all right. So um yeah and I just went through it with him, you know and and now I just uh, upgraded myself to clutch, you know. I, I was about to ask teams. you that. I, I was waiting. I don't follow, I don't follow no teams. They're not, they're not, they're not, they're not, they're not put me on they, they, with, the, with the bases. I'm not, I'm not with these fan bases. Uh, I got my own fan base, and it's clutch sports. Agency, you <laughs> clutch know? sports so, management. Yeah. So don't ask me about the damn Lakers or no Cleveland Cavaliers or no Miami. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't rock with none of them. Okay, uh, I don't care about the other players. Western Westbrook is ass. And if you ask me anything, it, I don't have nothing to do with him. He has another agency, to, uh, you know. So that's what it is. Um, we don't rock with him. Uh, I don't even know why we even uh, asked him to come in the first place. Cause uh, yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> so what you so what you saying is we should have got John Wall because he's part of Clutch, right? I the told y'all what to do. Pull the trigger. He ready right now. I didn't talk to him. He ready? <laughs> talk. He ready when y'all get ready. And y'all stop bullshit with this transgender me. But go ahead though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, I needed that laugh. Appreciate you, man. Because you know this is gonna be pre-recorded, but we're gonna talk about something a little recent. Because we we that's a perfect segue to what just occurred not too long ago. Um, when my man went one for ten. Uh, and, and shooting the bricks, as I think Jackson would say, he done. Was it Jackson or TJ? Say he damn near killed somebody in the stand. He almost killed a fan. Yeah, yes, he did. Yeah. Killed a fan. Almost killed, killed a fan. Every night I watch him, <laughs> like, him kill a fan or hit the shot clock. You know? Right, right, right. And then <laughs> I, don't I don't know if y'all watched this, but Brian, I think you said you were at work, but he got booed. Yeah. Got booed in crypto. That what that crypto be like? But he got booed. Now this is the thing. I'm a Lakers fan, you know. I'm older than you guys. I, I, I was. I've been going back since the Great Western Forum. That, that give you a little bit of taste on that. Um, and Lakers fans don't really boo when you're on the team. I think the only person I can remember in recent memory is Dwight. And that was back when he came the first time. And I think they booed him again with Bynum when Bynum went crazy and was hurting people and stuff. So that's really the only two times that they really booed. They never really booed. Yeah, and they, and he's from here. Mind you, he's from here, and we love him. So for that to happen, when y'all heard that, I heard about that. Uh, um, Jackson, I'm gonna go to you. What do you think that means going forward with Russ? The fact that he got booed at home by uh, on national TV. Personally, I think the the, the first straw was how Lakers fans treated him the first ten games. Because if you remember, everybody was excited. We got Russ. We got Russ. We got Russ. He came out and unperformed. He he was having at least nine turnovers a game. Mm-hmm. And so really me, I feel like oh, when it came to Russell Westbrook, it, was it came to Russell Westbrook and our team. I think the boos are warranted. And mm. 
and buoy him is because of expectations. We didn't put the expectation on him. You chose, because at the end of the day, he could have stayed in Washington. Mm-hmm. He chose to, to, to give Washington Wizards the okay to trade to LA. And he has been a Lakers fan before he was a player. Mm-hmm. So if you was living in LA, you know what people expect out of LA players. And if you being you, if you being you, know you could not handle this. Or even if you thought you could handle this, and now you're here and you're here. Because it started with a Twitter. It started. You know his brother and all the people that be coming in there? Mm-hmm. They need they, they go back and tell him what he said. Mm-hmm. That hurts him. Because even though he even though he is a basketball player, as a person, he's human. Your hometown, it hurts you to be booed. And I think that all plays a part in why he plays the way he does. When when you was about to break up the mental aspect, that's more so what we what's going on right now. It's all mental. When if 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 I if I love a certain place and nobody there loves me, that's when you know what I'm saying? Because he the only man that loves him is the Russell Westbrook fan. So when, when when I'm at a certain place where I, I grew up at and I'm getting booed and I'm getting talked about in these spaces nonstop, I'm gonna feel a certain way. And I'm not gonna play the best of my abilities because you know what I realized to be I'm pushed on to, to Brian Lapita. I realized this. These players in the NBA, when it comes to where they're from or where they live or whatever you want to call it, they are sensitive. Mm. It's mental. You you said it best. Is it something wrong with his mental? And I believe it is. I believe because it ain't no it ain't no way. Number one, it ain't no way you shoot top back. You shoot you shoot shots on the backboard. Ain't no way you shoot shots and you hit the fans like my boy TJ. Ain't, no <laughs> ain't no way. Ain't no way you can't shoot the same shot you've been shooting for your whole career. Every, yeah, it's your whole career. Yeah. So that's what a mental aspect comes into play. And that's why I say it's warranted. Too big. I wish they would boo him every time he touched the ball until he play right. Because booing you shouldn't make you shouldn't hurt your mental. It should make you play better. It should motivate you. It yeah. shouldn't. It should make you cower under pressure. If you are that dude former MVP and all these other accolades, the king of triple doubles, this should motivate you. Like if you if you really friends with Nip, neighborhood Nip, and everything that embodies that game when you put up 20, 20, and 20, that's my mental. That's that you can't nope. Name a dude you can remember in recent history to do 20, 20, 20. Maybe Wilt. I mean I'm saying this. Maybe Wilt. So you talking about that's a mental thing because you because you purposely is that it was a coincidence you went out and got those rebounds you went out and gave those assists you went out and gave us those 20 points so you need to channel your late homies mentality you need to channel the late great kobe bean bryant mentality and come with it every night let these booze inspire what you gotta say about that brian yeah uh first off with will uh will he was alien so i don't know what he was doing back then only, only, uh, what well, he slept with 10,000 women, so that's probably where he got his power from. <laughs> only, only story Mike from OC would tell us all that, but yes. I just, um, I just think you know, especially when you're in your hometown, you have to be able to be mentally strong because you already know when you're playing for your hometown, they expect more from you than other places you got drafted to. That's mm-hmm. that's just, you know, what I'm saying like that's just that's just how it is. Like, you feel me? Like, same thing, you know. It, it happened to a, a lot of players, you know. Um, what players got drafted, got traded to their home teams? Like, I mean, a lot of people. I think Dwight did, and he didn't do so. Dwight well did. Mm-hmm. He didn't. Yeah. yeah. He didn't. Um, he went to school in Atlanta, but I mean, basically the same thing too. 
like, like when he got traded to us, he had games where he he showed flashes like, okay, is this the white? Like, is he still there? And it was games where he was just laying eggs, and it's like, yeah, I, I don't know what's going on with him. Like, he's not him no more. So I just think it's like, I understand the pressure that's built up because you want to be perfect, you want to do right, but you have to realize like with being how you used to be playing in front of your team or mm-hmm. your home crowd you have to be able to adapt in a new way in that new environment to show like I am able to adapt to what needs to be worked on and what needs to be I won't say perfect but what needs to be good for for the team and for me also because I mean it's kind of obvious like when he hasn't been getting these triple doubles like it's like it's kind of like what are you doing out there because you know like you don't really play defense, so it's like you ain't getting these triple doubles. Like, like what you doing, Russ? You know, mm-hmm. you just standing there not doing nothing. You know, and you know when when I had uh, came home and I watched the uh, four quarter in OT, and me and my brother was watching it, and I didn't see Russ out there. I'm like, ain't no way, ain't, there's no way Frank didn't do. And I was like, Frank, Frank is growing some now. He is, he he. I, I still don't like him, but he growing some. So, but yeah, Mike, it's just, it's just, it's just yeah. you have to be, you got to be mentally strong. Yeah, man. Like, um, and it's, to go back about with the Lakers history with the players who either are drafted here or traded here or came in a free season, um, uh, free agency. We have Lonzo drafted here who didn't play his best. Yeah, we see him playing better with Chicago, even though he's always hurt. And then we had Trevor Ariza win the championship here. And we even have Byron Scott, who's from Inglewood, Inglewood, who won a championship here along Magic. But see, the common denominator is these guys were all role players. None of them were stars. All role players. So it was easy for them to get into their role. So if we could forget about Russ making $44 million, if we could forget about him being a former MVP, blah, 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 blah. Because Lakers have had former shooting, uh, scoring championships like Bob McAdoo. And these guys come off the bench. They've had this throughout the history. So if someone can convince, this is my thing, if someone can convince Russ to come off the bench, we talked about this in Twitter sphere over a month ago. Do you think, TJ, that it's possible that Russ could, could be convinced to be a role player and not a star? Hell no. I don't think <laughs> nothing about that nigga. Uh, I really just think, like, Russell Westbrook is, uh, he, he said one time, he said, y'all want me to do this? No oh, the yeah. fuck, I never said that. I never said I wanted you to do that. I just didn't want your other fucking take. Uh, don't tell me what the fuck I said, Westbrook. Um, I really like if you say if you say uh, y'all want me to get all these stats and stuff, that was just crazy to me. Like, oh, I know what type of time he on now. So I was like, oh yeah, this is yeah. After I saw that, I was like, oh yeah, this is over. But like, I know he, I know what type of game he's trying to do. Like, he, hey TJ, even real quick, remember we was in that Twitter space and his brother and his cousin, whatever. Started mentioning like when he had a bad game, they started mentioning. But well, what about his triple double? Remember that? Yeah, like are we are we really gonna do this right now? What Man. about our record? How why they didn't talk about the record? You know what they said about the record? And the Lakers lost that? that game. Lakers we lost not, that game. We not healthy. We not healthy. Yeah. Okay, cool. When we when all three of them play though, we like eight and eight. <laughs> Nine, like you're not making no sense to me, right? Since you want to be like, I don't get this, bro. Like, like Russell Russell Westbrook can never be a role player. Um, he don't got the right mind for that. Um, this is you talking about a man who made passion play. Come on now, that man being no role player. Um, <laughs> he he just he just he just can't do that. Uh, I don't know what we gonna 
I don't know what we're gonna do with him, but uh, it's 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 bad. It's it's like a bad a bad soda or a soda went bad. You know what I'm talking about? When the yeah. soda first hit, when you first get that soda, it hit on. But when you leave that bitch out, oh, that- <laughs> <laughs> all the fizz is gone. Huh? I got it gone. It, he dead now. His man dead is like. I'm sorry, bro. He like a bad soda, bro. That boy, I like a him. bad soda. Well, we, we, we don't want to, we don't want to, um, as, as Guru would say, pack up Russ too much, right? I don't, you know what? I'm old. I, I need, I need help with this. I never wanted to ask, uh, about this publicly because I'm like, I don't want to look too old. I'm going to ask my brother, see, I mean, now the whole world going here, but what the hell does pack up mean? What is, where did that come from? What does it mean? Let's pack uh, them up. I got packed up. What the hell well, does that mean, man? Well, I only hear it in Twitter. Um, Pack them up, mean uh, put them in a blunt, you know. That's, uh, they be gonna pack them. Is that up, what that you know? mean, really? Stuff the blunt, pack them up, smoke that pack. Yeah, but, you know? okay, so, so, Michael, pack them, pack like like you think about that, but when, when people in the tree say pack them up, they saying we're gonna kill, kill them. That's what people say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, for them, they said pack them up, meaning I guess you know, I guess you know about uh, a bad take. Of, Oh, yeah. pile on somebody like the like you know the old yeah. people say we're gonna pile we're gonna pile on yeah, yeah, don't yeah, pile yeah, on it we gotta pile on that basically yeah so okay so pack them up means to well so okay wait time out you said in these streets is that like in the south because i don't i never really heard that in la so it, it, is that it, is that mean pack them up i'm about to like pack some bullets up into i'm about to jump on them like i'm gonna roll them in a pack or they say or it's a lot of they say bro but i need some help yeah it's a it's a lot like you got like you got we so many like like I understand you guys you know we gone and I smoke like a pack. Yeah, okay. You know we smoking on we smoking on you know blah blah. So say you know say like say so say you got beef with somebody right? Yeah. And and you don't like you can be like yeah we smoking on him tonight we smoking on his pack tonight. So basically it's like it's like you know we don't fuck with him. You feel me? Like like he you know. You understand too, big. <laughs> like, like, exactly. Like, like, okay. If there's somebody in LA that you don't like, you feel me? And you know, it's you and a few friends who don't like him because y'all got beef. Then you'd be like, it's all good though, cause we smoking on his pack tonight. You know, like we smoking yeah. on like. And so, so they for short, they just say packing them up because um, I kept hearing it and I kind of got an understanding kind of what it meant. But I'm like, where did this crap come from? I got tired of hearing about it. I, I you know, I don't like new slang. I'm old. I just like to hear, you know, it got to make sense to me. Now it kind of makes sense, but I still don't like, I won't, I, I probably try not to use it. We got to pack them up. Oh, yeah. I'm going to say, we, I'm going to say we's going to talk trash on them. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to go in on them. That's all you say, like we go in. Yeah, basically, yeah. Ooh. But like NBA and sports talk is just basically going to slander him. Slander yeah. him. We're going to, we're going to pile on, as Mike from OC would say, we're going to pile on. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> hey, just, just for the listeners real quick, because y'all don't know, because I'm inviting all y'all Twitter sphere people on as I recover from surgery. I'm pre-recording everything for the month. So, um, people calling me two bigs because on Twitter, I had to change my name because I believe, and Jax will back me up with this, he actually would break, he broke it down for everyone else to understand it better, is that I believe in the too big philosophy of having two bigs out there to, for anchoring your defense, but they say the new way of basketball clogs the paint, so blah, 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 blah. But I say more so because Anthony Davis doesn't like to play the five, at least at the time. I say you need to have Dwight or another big behind him to anchor the defense. So I, I affectionately changed my name to two bigs. I was trolling everybody who hated the two bigs th- theory, especially those like Julian and others like that. But uh, that's where the two bigs came from, people. All right, so before we get out of here on this segment, um, we're, we're like I said, we've been packing up <laughs> Westbrook this whole time about Lakers. But 
as the Lakers sit right now, still below 500. Um, but now it seems like everyone's coming back fully healthy to some degree, except for none who needs to be gone. We ain't going to talk about that. Um, what do you guys feel the Lakers need to do um, about trying to turn the season around? First of all, hold on, hold on. Do you think it's possible that the Lakers can actually have a chance at a championship? And if so, what do you think they need to do to do that? I'm going to start with TJ this time. Uh, yeah, we we got a chance. Uh, as long what do they need to do? Is, uh, stay healthy. That's just and, it? Just stay and, healthy? And make a tweak, like, tweak a couple moves um, at the deadline. I'm being real with you. Um, as long as AD and Brian, though, and I, we, we, um, you can ask Jack, you can ask Brian. We don't need Russell Westbrook, but if he's there, he's there. But I'm just saying, like, we can win the championship without you because we done did it. So it's mm. it's just it's just the way we got to – it's just a little thing we got to tweak around the, who got to play this position. Um, Brian definitely got to play point guard uh, for that to happen. And I don't know what you do with Westbrook in that situation, but I don't know. But, like, yeah, AD got to play the five. And we can actually, like – it just depends. Just depends on who the move. Like they definitely gotta make moves at deadline, though. It can't be stand, stand still, stand mm-hmm. pat. You can't just do that. Who, do who, who do you feel should be moved? THC. And who else? Or just THC? Whoever the package is, none. Gotcha. Whoever. So he should uh, be the focal point in the move, and then whoever you can package with them. Gotcha. Yeah, and DeAndre and them, they they the fillers, like to you know get that dead contracts DeAndre Bazemore. and Bazemore yeah. yeah got you got you alright so um, Brian what, what do you think Lakers need to do well answer the, uh, the question um, do they have a chance one and what do, they, what do they need to do to turn the ship around I mean of course they got a chance cause like you know first off Draymond Green who's on the Warriors mm-hmm. their big three who's arguably me in my opinion they most important players like he even said like a healthy AD and Braun, people still got to worry about them, like, even in the 78 series. So, if he is saying that, like, I'm going to take that into consideration, like, okay, and then he's serious, then he knows, he already know what's up, because, I mean, of course he played Braun plenty of time, and he played AD plenty of time, too, so, and he's seen the past few years what we, what we've seen from them, because nobody beat them healthy yet, nope. so. Nope. Not the Suns last year, no. Nope. Yep, yep. So, mo- so, obviously, you know, he feared them, and everybody knows so I mean, they they should make a few tweets. Everybody already knows, you know. I don't like Frank Vogel. I want him gone. He is horrible. <laughs> um, he is he is he is trash. He is very. Um, and who stubborn. else? Who else? Um, of course, <laughs> of, of course, of course, Russ. No, no, no. You know what I'm asking for. But <laughs> come on, come on. No, man, but. You be yeah, going man, on Avery Bradley. Uh, come on, man. What you, I'm giving you that. Let's Kobe the Shaq. Come on, brother. Look, Avery. Of course. Of course. Of course. Give me, I give me that energy. Uh. Of course, I want Avery Peanut Hill, long shorts, long jersey, <laughs> extra large shorts, extra large jersey, one leg sleeve, ankle socks, ankle shoes, cool. weak ass buzz cut. Like, like, like he just now Frank has like now like he needs to be gone. It's really no point in him being out there. Like he's literally just a six foot guard. He's really he's really five eleven. In all honesty, but he's like six feet with shoes on, in my opinion. Wow. He's just out there running around, so I can't patch your belly. So I feel like he need to be gone. I'm pretty sure, you know, we all heard the packages of none and THT and a pick or picks to get them gone. Um, I just feel like we need we need wings because I right. feel like, you know, even if Russ do play, I feel like, you know, towards the closing moments, Bronco had a ball in his hands. So I feel like most of the teams who, like, are good, that can, you know, win the championship, our contenders, they all have wings and they can switch everything. 
whatever. So I feel like I feel like you know we can match that because I mean if you got AD in the you know the back line, you got Braun playing the fourth. All you need is a few wings that can switch, you know, because we got the offense. You know, it just it just come down to defense because we can score. Obviously, like nothing. It's just like can we get stops? Can we get rebounds? You know, the 50-50 balls. Like, which is why, things. which is why they got Stanley Johnson. The reason looking a little bit healthier now. So I totally get that. Lakers are actually before we go to Jackson. Lakers are actually three games out of six because I remember the opportune word from uh, uh, from Dre was in a seven game series. If they're in a play in game, they do not get a chance in a seven game series. That is something to pay attention to. Now the Lakers schedule for the rest of the season is pretty easy. Fourth easiest schedule left, so we can see how that goes through. Jackson, how do you feel? Do you think Lakers have a chance? And if so, what do they need to do to get them over the hump? Well, um, I've been I've been saying this for this for, for I've been saying this whole season. The Lakers will always have a chance that they have the best player in the league on their team. Uh, secondly, they have the top three defender in the league on their team. They have Anthony Davis, who's the top five talent on their team. Um, I don't see I don't see nobody beating us in seven game series. I don't care who you're talking about. I don't really believe in this whole defensive monitor. Because I'm, I'm a firm believer of this, and been watching LeBron my whole life, um, you, you start to start to notice the little things. And when the, when the playoffs get here, the games slow down, so uh, nobody can tell me that there's going to be anybody on the opposite side of the court from the opposite team who's going to number one have the IQ LeBron had, number two have been in the finals as much as LeBron has, been in the playoffs as much as LeBron has, have the experience. That LeBron has, and on top of that, on top of that, our team don't really. I'm not, I've said this multiple times. Last night proved what I've been saying. I don't think THT is the problem either. THT played great defense in the fourth quarter. You did great, and he hit a hit a, a great and one too. So it's like, come on now. The Russell Westbrook is the issue. He's the issue because he's the, he's the one chip that don't fit. He's the one thing that don't fit with the team. Yeah. THT and Russ is basically the same player. The only thing that's different is the age, right? THT's age, he can do a little more. He still has athleticism. He don't have a left hand, but he makes up for it. You know, he plays defense, you know? So I think Russ, I think if you could trade Russ for some some quality role players, kind of like what they did to get Russ, some quality role players, and fill out their team around the margins, that's the best thing. I don't think we make a big splash. I think, I think in all honesty, too, if I if we can trade Russell John Wall, that's a great thing to do. But it's it's all about it's all about what this ain't about what we want, Michael. Because at the end of the day, it's about what the team see fit or what the team see as the issue. In mm-hmm. all honesty, if last night didn't show y'all, if if this ain't if y'all, it ain't showing y'all, I don't I, I honestly don't think I think the only people the only person that get traded is none. Because his five mil will get you with a lot get you into a lot of contracts. And if you add his five mil plus those two guys, DJ Wayne and, and Ken Bazemore, that'll get you up to, that'll get you up to like ten mil right there. So in all honesty, TH don't need to be traded. People people expecting a big splash. It ain't gonna happen because we got LeBron and Dave. We don't need no big splash. Our team gonna be fine. I think we still win. I think we beat everybody in six, five. I'm not lying. I think we beat everybody in five. I don't think you can mess. You can't mess with these guys, Michael. They don't run no pick and rolls throughout the season. They have the most unguardable pick and roll in the league. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's, 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 it's going to be dangerous. It's going to get dangerous, man. Russell Westbrook got to go. Though. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't think THT and Russ are the same player, but I understand why you say that. I understand the analogy. 
Um, I think John Wall and Russ are more similar than anything else. Um, neither of them got a jump shot, and they all get attacked the basket. They all have high little athleticism. The difference is Russ is healthy, and John Wall is seldomly healthy. So that's the two differences between the two. And of course, Russ has had a higher um, ceiling than, than John Wall because of the fact he's been able to stay healthy. So um, when I look at the whole totality of everything, I feel like the way Russ's aggression is on um, attacking the basket, and also his aggression on getting offensive rebounds and defensive rebounds. I'd rather he just get offensive rebounds because he's taking rebounds away from his bigs, but that's neither here nor there. The point is, <clears throat> I feel like the Lakers can turn it around. Uh, they're not far out of being out of the playing game scenario, but in all honesty, I don't see them being better than the Suns or the Warriors of what I can see now. I know a lot of players are like the Grizzlies, the Jazz. I think these are all the Nuggets. I think these are all regular season teams. Just like in the East, I think most of those teams are regular season. I think the Bulls are great. I think they're regular season teams. I think there's a difference between playing people on back-to-backs and, and traveling here and catching people on different nights versus seven-game series, game slows down, and so forth and so on. So I feel like the Lakers have a chance of making some noise, but I don't feel as if um, they just they're too late in the season. Um, Vogel hasn't made the proper adjustments. I think he's finally doing it. Him benching Russ twice now in late-game scenarios, one the time they lost, this time they win. I feel like he's sending a message like, hey, if you don't play well, because Russ would turn the ball over and walk back on defense. Russ would shoot a horrible bank shot and walk back on defense. Now, I'm going to absolve LeBron. LeBron do the same thing. He'll complain about a foul and then walk back on defense. So no one can really be absolved. But at the end of the day, LeBron is going to have a more effective game. LeBron's going to play defense. LeBron's going to LeBron's gonna take it to the basket, get and ones, AD catch it. See what I'm saying? So that's what THT, like you said, his offense was like. He was 0-5 before that overtime and win bucket. But why was he in the yep. game over Russ? Because he was playing defense. defense. <laughs> See, yep. And Bo was a defensive coach. So in that one play, I was at the Staples Center on my birthday when when Russ when Russ allowed Reggie Jackson to do that spin. But that was actually Russ's man. But he went directly to 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 AR 15, rushed to the trap. But Russ tried to go for the steal and gave him an open lane. So it's just stuff like that to why people are like booing, like we don't hate him. We want him to be good. We want him to be great. But we just need you to play competent, high IQ basketball. There's no reason why a rookie should have a higher IQ than you in the league. There's no reason why the lowest played player on the team in, in month should be playing, doing the role that you're supposed to be doing. You, he's giving us the effort, the consistency, and the buckets and the, and the decision making that you're not giving us. The finishing on the basket that you're not giving us, Russ, and that's a problem. So with that, I'm going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to dabble into some... NFL talk, some Super Bowl talk, and also we're going to talk a little bit about some of the other teams in the league. You've been listening to The Time Is Now. Are you tired of spending your entire weekend at dealerships only to feel as if you got a raw deal? Don't you hate all the back and forth and haggling for countless hours? Imagine this. While you're at work or having dinner or just enjoying life, the people at Pure Diamond Auto are working a great deal on your behalf. With Pure Diamond Auto, they have a team of former sales and finance managers who know all the tricks of the trade. Call 562-PDA-7888 today for a free consultation. That's 562 7888. What can I say? I love PDA. 
All right, you already know what time it is. It's my favorite part of the show. It's the happy birthday, so let's go. Megan the Stallion turns 27 this week, and Jordan Peele turns 43. Rip Hamilton turns 44 this week, and Birdman turns 53. Rihanna Riri turning 34 this week, and Stefan Marbury Starbird turning 45. Amorosa turns 48 this week, and Vanna White turns 65. Mark Price, NBA legend Mark Price, turns 58 this week, and Jimmy Fox's daughter, Corinne Fox, turns 28. Le'Veon Bell turns 30 this week, and Steve Franchise, Steve Francis, turns 45. The Weekend turns 32 this week, and Cindy Crawford turns 56, and Michael Jordan turns 59. Woo! Air Jordan, Ice T, turns 64 this week, and Trevor Noah turns 38. Lupe Fiasco turns 40 this week, and YFN Lucci turns 31. Jennifer Love Hewitt turns 43 this week, and AK-47, Andre Kerlingo turns 41. The reggae sensation Coffee turns 22 this week, and Molly Ringwall, you know, 16 candles, Molly Ringwall, she turns 54. Ed Sheeran turns 31 this week. Wow, he's young. And from the Dark Knight, Joseph Gordon Levitt turns 41 this week, and Chico Bean for Wild and Out turns 35 this week, and Katavis Caldwell Pope, KCP, turns 29. Larry the Cable Guy, get her done. He turns 59 this week, and Jewel Santana turns 40. Paris Hilton turns 41 this week, and Denise Richards turns 51. Uh, Brian Latrell, oh, Brian Latrell, I'm sorry, turns 47 this week, and Nicola Jokic turns 27. Jason Ritter turns 42 this week, and Matt Dillon turns 58. The legendary Jim Brown turns 86 this week, and Tony Skitz, that's Antonio Ramos, turns 36. Mitch McConnell ugh, turns 80 this week, and Yoko Ono turns 89. Dr. Dre turns 57. John Travolta turns 68. And finally, Charles Barkley turns 59. We have some honorable mentions. King Jung Il, who passed away in 2011, would have been 81 this week. Kurt Cobain, tragically died in 1994, would have been 55 this week. And Rue McCallahan, McCallahan, yes, 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 Rue, she played Blanche in Golden Girls, passed away 2010, would have been 88 this week. John Lewis. The activist and, and, and politician passed away a couple years ago, 2020, would have been 82 this week. And finally, Sidney Portier, who recently just passed away earlier this year, would have been 95 this week. But that's all the birthdays we have this week, guys. Now, back to our show. <laughs> All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. I still got the Migos here. I got Jackson, Brian, TJ in the building. We call we call them the Migos because three of them, but they country accents be going in, man. Who be doing the who the who who's 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 offset? Who's offset? Yeah, I think that's TJ. No, who's takeoff then? Who was takeoff? Me. Oh, that was. Yeah. <laughs> Jackson, Jackson, Jackson Quavo. Quavo. That yeah. makes sense. Jackson Quavo. Lead, yeah. No, he the lead. Yeah. All right, Jackson. All right. So, all right, we're back. Um, real quick, uh, while we're still talking about basketball, and we were talking about the Lakers' chances last time we were here. Um, I'm noticing different teams. The team that I'm more surprised about are the Grizzlies. Uh, I remember when they went ten and one without Ja. Ja came back. They lost a few games, and then people were booing him. And then all of a sudden, yep. now he's MVP conversations, and they're balling again. 
What do y'all got to say? Who, who's your surprise team this year? And what do you got to say about them? Bulls. I'll, I'll let Brian go first. I'll say the Bulls. The Bulls, because, okay. Because, okay, for one, nobody, nobody expected DeMar DeRozan to be doing what he's doing right now. Like, I didn't expect this. Like, he's literally, I want to say he's the behind, I think behind MJ, he might have the most point score, I think, in his first 20 games. As a Bulls Bull. jersey, mm-hmm. yeah, in the Bulls jersey, I want to say. Mm-hmm. So it's like seeing him doing what he's doing, and then seeing Alonzo doing what he's doing. He's being the, the two-way point guard that they needed. Alex Caruso doing what he's doing, what he was doing with the Lakers. Now everybody is seeing and and all happy and slobbering all on them and stuff. That Levine doing him, Vucevic giving them a consistent eighteen and ten a uh, night. Like they have, they have a good D team with a good coach, uh, Billy Donovan, and. And it's showing like it's it. I, I was really surprised. Like I wasn't. I was. I was expecting to be in the in the eight to like six range. Like you know, but like being top five, top four. Like they was first in the East at one point. And they first in the East right about now. Oh, I thought. I thought it was Ty- the Heat. No, they tied with the Heat right now. That's as as, as it is right now. I don't know when this oh, yeah, airs, yeah. but right yeah. now, yeah. I think. Yeah, I think they got the tiebreaker. If I'm not mistaken, but no, Bulls um, have the tiebreaker. They got a tiebreaker. Oh, yeah. Yep. So, they first. So, like, well, they have, they have the one less surprising. loss. That's what it is. They have one less loss. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, they surprised me. DeMar surprised me. Like, him and Zach Levine dropping 30 together. Mm-hmm. Like, consistently, DeMar got like two game winning shots. Like, he, I feel like, I feel like what he's doing, he is proving a point. Like, like, legacy. You see, you should have had me. You see, I could be doing this for y'all right well, now. We all know that couldn't happen. So, exactly. Okay. Like, he's trying to, it seemed like, See, right. Yeah, I could be doing this. Right, right. But. Right, right. Okay, so um, so Jackson, who was your surprise this year? My surprise this year, the Lakers. <laughs> <laughs> Not in a good way, then. <laughs> <I'm kidding. laughs> okay. Nah, my surprise this year is the Lakers. Um, I don't think the Bulls are a surprise team. I think young guys, we've seen we have we seen it last year. Hey, heck, we've seen it with the seven sixes before. We've seen it with the Hawks. We just seen it with a lot of teams, a lot of young teams. Where we seen it with the Memphis Grizzlies now. The young teams are, are great during the regular season, but they fail in the playoffs, and they fail deep. They go into the playoffs because you need the veterans at that. Point. You need those love. You need those guys who have been there before. Don't ain't nobody on the Bulls been there before other than Caruso, and Caruso was bad last year, straight garbage last year in the playoffs. <laughs> So in turn, they don't have nobody with the playoff experience and need us the Grizzlies. So when you talk about the, the 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 failure of the year or the the most surprising team, they have to go to the Lakers because even though LeBron has been out, it's no excuse for Anthony Davis and Russ Westbrook to not win games. It's no excuse for LeBron and Russ not to win games. But the common denominator of this whole thing is a bad player, a trash player, a garbage player, and Russell Westbrook. So we have to. We, and, and that's why I said I know we, I know you wanted me to name somebody like the Grizzlies, <laughs> but it's 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 not them because it's it's a proven fact. There's always going to be a a, a a young team that surprises somebody every single year in both conferences, right? Mm. But when you talk about a surprise, a surprise is somebody that's supposed to be good, but they, you know, that's uh, true. You 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 actually passed your test in school, I see, man, because uh, surprises <laughs> not always have to mean a pleasant surprise. A surprise is a goddamn old surprise. So that is actually very accurate, my good friend. Um, 
TJ, same question to you. Who, who was the biggest surprise to you this season? Uh, probably Dallas. Dallas, okay. Yeah, yeah. They got the top three defense. They got a top three defense. And uh, when I watch them That's boys, they're not the same. They're not the same from last year. I know Rick Carlisle, they, they, they way better with Jason Kidd. Um, they play the player development with Jalen Brunson. Them Ooh. boys raw. I'm trying to tell you, hey, they, they scary in the playoffs, though. Real TJ, time. you spitting fire. Keep going. <laughs> hey, man. Um, they just, it's just a different culture over there right now with uh, Luka. Um, you know, they got they got KP playing defense. You know, he usually, he ain't known for that. He ain't known for being a shot blocker. It's just it's just the vibe over there different without uh, with, with, with with Jason Kidd, mm. somebody who Brian wanted in L.A. You know we gonna speak on that though. Mm-hmm. Uh, Should have been a head coach, you know. We ain't gonna speak on that. Mm-hmm. But hey, and you wonder why that defense is looking so scary um, mm-hmm. in 2020 in that bubble. Mm-hmm. It got some, you know. And I, I ain't gonna speak too much. They know that if you go watch Dallas, go watch go watch that offense, go watch that defense. It's not a bad offense either. Well, that that's yeah, my Jay. point, TJ. That's my point. It's, exactly, exactly. TA they they running the right they running the right line lineups. They got a lot of wings. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Penny Smith. Um, you got some um, shooters. You got THJ, Sam Hardaway. Um, you got you got you got plenty of. Uh, Lineups they can run over there in Dallas with uh, a lot of big bodies, and they only have to run a five. They don't really, they don't really have to run a uh, center out there. Uh, right. Well, that's that's the thing though, TJ. Uh, what happened? Who was that? Brian. Dallas. Brian. Oh, it's Brian. Yeah, that, that's that's the thing, TJ. It's crazy. Is that, um, no, hold on, hold on. KP is seven foot two, seven three, and Carlisle had him doing spot up J's in the corner. I'm like, wait a oh minute. Oh my God, it was bad. Remember? That was, that was nasty basketball. And he, and he tried to say, oh, that's how the league is going these days. And that, I'm oh, like, bro, no, listen. That's, that, if you the tall girl on the floor, get your butt in the paint. And then you got you got Luca. Welcome back, Brian. Then you got Luca. Um, uh, what, six foot seven, six foot eight, point guard? He just, all you do is, now he got you backing him down. He, Jason Kidd said, this is how I did it. Jason Kidd was not as big as Luca, but he was a big guard. And he went ahead and um, he was able to do that. He was he's like, this is how I did it. And now what it does is slows the game down. By slowing the game down, people can't get back on you on transition. Even if you miss the shot, you can get back in transition because you're taking the ball to the paint. You see what I'm saying? So, TJ, I can't believe you brought that one up. I'm thoroughly, pleasantly surprised that you brought up the Mavericks um, because of Jason Kidd. And we are missing him on the Lakers. And we're also missing Lionel Collins. So, Thank you for bringing up the Mavericks. That's a good one. Uh, uh, Jackson, you with the Lakers. That's a, a pleasantly surprised one as well because you are not wrong with that one either. I can see how they are surprised. Everyone expected them to be a championship contender and then they're playing a scenario right now. And and Brian, the Bulls, I, I, I will say this. I did not expect them to be... Uh, I did not expect them to be uh, number one or even there, I, but I did expect them to be good with all the different additions that they had um, on the roster when they added Vooch last year and adding Jamar uh, uh, Lonzo and also Caruso and the development of the other players I expect them to be good my surprise team were the Cavaliers because mm. they just got Damn, in that was a good yeah. one <laughs> yeah, I forgot what that was a good one 
Mobley. They got they just got Evan Mobley, and then they did those trades and got Jay. Uh, uh, what's the boy's name? Jaren, 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 Jaren. What's his name? Allen. Jared Allen. Jared Allen. I be watching so many West teams. I forgot about them East teams. I forgot about them. Yeah, Bruh, yeah, the Cavaliers know. being a top four team. I didn't see that. Well, because they were so trash the year before, and and, yeah. and then and then you got Garland. Because mind you, Sexton been out all year. Yeah. Sex being out all year and Garland balling. You see what I'm saying? So Garland made an all-star team. This is the first time since LeBron's departure that they've had an all-star. I don't even think Kyrie made the all-star team while he was there. I don't think so. Not, not without LeBron. He made the all-star team when LeBron was there. He did not make the all-star team before LeBron got there. Someone fact-checked me on that. So you got this team balling. Kevin Love is, is happy to be there. We saw what he did a year ago. He was just throwing the ball away, mad, cussing people out. There's a lot to say about Bernie Biggerstaff and, and these African-American coaches, right? Mm-hmm. How they're changing the league and, and inspiring young people because it's good to have somebody who looks like you, talks like you, grew up like you to be able to coach you. And that's what I take away when I see teams like that. And also, two of the Bulls, they're not, they don't have a black coach, but it lets you know how good Donovan was when he was in OKC because that was a team that was supposed to be a lottery team. Yes, Chris Paul was there, but it was also Billy Donovan and Chris Paul together as a tandem working together to make a team that was supposed to be a bottom feeder team, a top four team in the West. So I like to see good coaching. And that's what we talk about with Lakers. They don't like the way Vogel's doing things, how long it takes for them to, to figure things out. When you have people at home can watch five games and figure it out. And you there making millions of dollars, you take you 50 games to figure it, the same damn thing out we figured out half a season ago. So I get all that. I'm going to use that to transition to football. We saw what's happened with Brian Flores. We see there's only one black African-American coach in um, in the NFL right now. With the Rooney rule, you still have only one. There was nine available slots. Nine of them filled by white coaches. Tell me more about how y'all feel about the state and, and his lawsuit, everything that has to do with African-American coaches in the NFL. You know, you know it's crazy. Um, I'm going to touch on this real quick, man. Um, Brian Flores is a hell of a coach. And this has been an issue in all sports. You know, and, and I'm going to get into something that I feel like we didn't be, be said. He'd be said for a while. This shit getting out of hand. This shit getting out of hand, bro. It's you, you, and, and I forgot who said it, but they said it the best way, and I forgot it, but I'm going to kind of try to put the shit to do it. They said it the, the right way that I, and how I believe it. You, you market, you, you, you market, and you can make all this money off our black players. You get all this money, all these white people are getting all these funds off of the black people. But the, 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 the number one thing that I realized is when they doing this, they doing this in the life of, oh, well, you know, I, I let you I let you as a black man get a job. I let you as a black man be a head coach for a little minute. Now, you're not getting another job. Have you ever noticed? Name what black coach have we seen after they got fired? After they got actually fired, like they they either they was bad or they was good for no reason, like kind of Brian Ford actually getting hired as another head coach. You know, you might see him get a assistant coach job or something like that because see Brian Ford can't feel a bunch of shit, right? Mm-hmm. You might see him get an assistant coach's job, but head coach and, and him finding his life, you know, he not ever getting another coaching gig get, get in the league. Help him. And see that, and that's the same thing that kind of happened with with Melo in a way, right? Because when when you think about it, Melo wasn't as bad as we like to say, as, as, as the Houston Rockets like to portray the picture of him being. But 
He had a beef with D'Antoni, and D'Antoni made a way to get him out the league. Yep, yep, made a way to get him out of the league. And so it's, it's always the white people figuring out a way to stop the black men. Mm. Y'all are profited off of nothing but black men. Because at the end of the day, let's be honest about this. this there's nothing against, the, against white people, but y'all are not marketable. <laughs> let's, tell some, like, let's tell some facts. Like, you can't tell me that they could have used Jimmy Predict or Rick Bear or some of those guys. I mean, Larry Bird was marketable. You know, Larry Bird was a huge anomaly. But you can't tell me these guys are marketable. You can't tell me that you can you can sit these you can go and put these people on these on all on all these major platforms, put these people in. Because if you ever noticed who did, when has a white man ever been a face of the league? Think about that. In, in the NFL? In in, in basketball. I'm, I'm talking basketball right now. It was Larry Bird the, NFL, the last the last time. The, the NFL, the NFL. It has been Tom Brady. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, who, who was more? Yeah, you had all these guys. But they yeah, Peyton, was, Tom Brady, Peyton, Joe Montana. Joe Montana. It was all it was all white quarterbacks, right? White quarterbacks, yeah. But see, the, the running backs were too. <laughs> the wide receivers were too. Come on now, the defensive players were too. Yeah. But, but mm-hmm. that's my point, and and that's what I'm saying. When they when when black people when black and that's why I say bro, you know Michael, that's why we do this. And you know the, the, the normal that says shut up and dribble for LeBron. This plays a hand in what they're doing to Brian Floyd. They're telling him to shut up and you either gonna shut your mouth and not say anything about what, what's going on here, or you never get another job again. And that's that's the ultimate that you get being a black man in a country or or in a in a position when they don't want you to be in that position. You know, Eric Beanie, he's about to be a, a head coach for the United States. You think the Saints are bad this year? He's gonna be a head coach the year after that? Come on now. Sean Payton did a, did a great job this year. But he was seven and eight or eight and seven. Come on now. But if that was Eric Peterson doing that, he's fired. He'd be fired. Yep. Yep. So that is the number one thing, and I think we have to get out of that. But I, and, I, and I said this to you last night. I'm I'm, I'm left mine and TJ go for I can't say this with you because I want your opinion. I said this. We have to rebrand ourselves as people. You know, mm-hmm. I, I feel like I feel like we tend to be so stuck in the way of what we was taught. And that, that plays hand in racism, that plays a hand in women's rights, that plays a hand in everything. When when we cannot rebrand ourselves as humans to think of to think a different way than what we was taught, every 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 lesson doesn't have to be learned. Every lesson doesn't have to be learned. And, and, and you gotta gotta you gotta we gotta, we gotta, we gotta think about that right there. Every lesson though has to be learned. And I feel like we lose sight of that, bro. We try to we we try to put everything that was that was passed down to us from generation to generation on to our generation or on to the next generation. Go ahead and stop that. Yeah. Mm. Go ahead, guys. Uh, I mean, Jackson. I mean, he right. You know, like he was covered it, huh? <laughs> yeah, basically, he put like, right. He put it right. What Yeah, like like before, like other than the QB position. I mean, until like, until like recently, like now, it was really all uh, predominant black. It was really right. black athletes, like running back, fullback, um, the tight end. You know, Shannon Sharp. You had um, all the skill know, positions. Uh, and base, yeah, aside the QB. Now you know it's starting to graduate gradually towards like um, uh, Cooper Cup, uh, Edelman Walker. You know, Gronk. So it's like now it's starting to change a little bit, but like but we also the, getting more black quarterbacks too. No. Yep, Lamar, Deshaun, 
and I hate I hate I hate the way they doing him like that. Like I me personally, I don't think that, you know, all that happened. I feel like they're using that as a leverage toward him towards him because he wanted to leave and he's done a contract with them and they have his rights basically. That plays so, a part that plays a part in it. Bro. Like that yeah, the way true. they doing these black men is getting out of hand, bro. It, it is. And, and and with the and with the Eric issue is it is not the Eric, um Airbnb, he the same thing too. Like he he's supposed to have coaching gigs, and they basically chose white coaches over him, and, and he's still being a, a coordinator. People without the accolades, people who never even been exactly. even coordinators, some of the time. Yep, exactly. Yeah. And the Bryant and and the Bryant um, the Bryant situation is it's just crazy that they basically was like, okay, we we, him. we did our part. That's it. We already had somebody hired beforehand. We already, we already yeah. had somebody yeah. picked beforehand. To the yeah. point where yeah. another coach knew about it. The other old boys club knew about it. The OG coach knew. <laughs> OG coach knew about it before, you like, know what I'm saying? So the OG OG, like Bill Belichick knew. Like mm-hmm. that he knew. Do other coaches know? Or is it just the known upper echelon type coaches who know? Like you know, like, 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 you know, like. Well, he had ties. And, he, had, he had ties to the organization because he used to yeah. coach for the Giants. So they all buddies. But like I said, it's the old boys yeah. club type of thing. You know. Yeah, and so. then also too, and then also too, you know, most most white coaches who get hired somehow, some way, they tied in family ties or yeah. business wise ties. Like, like, like that's that's how it is. Yeah, man. So that, that's kind of where I wanted to go with this. Like you brought up a good point. Thank you. You making my segue so much easier because. This is a this is the thing I have about this. This is this may be unpopular decision or unpopular take, but I don't give a damn. It's my show. Um, people getting mad and 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 trying to tell people who they should or should not hire. This is the thing. I have my own business. If I want to hire a white people, pink or purple person, that's my prerogative. I'll do what I want to do. Shout out Bobby Brown. I can hire whoever the hell I want. I shouldn't have to be forced to say now. Because remember, I remember back in the days, people would say, oh, affirmative action. That's why we're hiring this person. People, when I used to get a job, they said, oh, we must fill our affirmative action quota. White people look at you with disgust, like thinking that you only got this. You only got this way because of the color of your skin, not the content of your character, not based on your skill set. So if, if, if there's a person who says, you know what? I don't care. I know we're not going to win anyway. I'd rather just have somebody on here that I like, that looks like my son or nephew. He's married to my whatever, my niece. I'd rather have that. So I say this, good people, let them do them. If they want to hire whomever, let them hire whomever. When are black people going to go back to their Negro leagues? When are we going to take the money we've made? We've had generations now. We have legit billionaires. And we're continuously trying to put ourselves in a position to be like, hey, boss. Can I sit at the table with you? Hey, boss, can I do this? I just want to break breads with you. Damn it, no. Go get your own, fiddler. Go do your own thing over here. And I'm telling you like this, like like Jackson said, when have they been marketable? Larry Bird was marketable. Why? Because he had the talent. They they're, they want so hard for Luca. They push it for Luca because they want that white face. It's just the fact that all the talent is black. So if we know that all the talent is black. We are the precious commodity. And we got to take that. We, we may not have the TV rights, but guess what? There's social media. It will get out there. Start your own black league. You don't have to call it a Negro league. You can just call it another name. You can, you can, call, you can call it the football league, the THFL. You call it whatever you want and just make sure it's predominantly black, owned by black. And we, you know what? We'll welcome in some white owners. It'll be just a different league where it'll be all the black people or an 80, 90% of them went over here, the top talent. 
win over year and get you the money will follow and just start over let the plantation way go away the nba can do the same i'm tired of seeing in the in college y'all need to start going to hbcus yep. we've had hey. all the famous come from hbcus all the facilities and quit taking the shiny thing that's how slavery began in the beginning they you think they went to a whole nation and just took you by force when they didn't have the numbers no you were sold you were sold to them for shiny things. That's what we always fall to. The niggas always fall to the shiny things exactly. and it's gotta stop. It's said, oh, and they not, got the nice facilities. They interrupt no. you. And also ahead. too, if you realize the top of the number of the, of the top quarterback in the nation, he signed to Deion Sanders. And I know you've seen all these top colleges. Yeah. Man. Shots at him talking about some heat. He paying him under the table to bring right. him there. Like doing what they, they do. was all mad. It's, but it's it's no more than it's no more than paying them on the table. See, the white folks control the black men when they went to college. When they ever went to Alabama, Oregon, Clemson, LSU, all these colleges, it's all to control. But you see now, USC L deals. They got the deals you can make. So if anybody can pay now, it's free game. Mm -hmm. so they love they love the, the way they can control everything. Now the people getting paid. Nick can't say he paying them under the table. Because in the reality of it, everybody getting paid on the table now. You know, everybody getting money. If you want to, and he he did, he did that. He did that for the for the perfect reason. He did that for yep. the perfect reason. Well, I, I gotta pick my cousin up, man. So I appreciate you too, man. We do not own the rights to this music. See you moving, baby, yeah. And you're looking good. And you're looking fine. Everything's gonna be alright. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With a groove, roll about 18. Now, what's my next move? Wait until nightfall so I can enjoy. System pumped by four Jeeps, running like a convoy. Roll to the top, kind of crowded, what a scene. Pulling up with Jodeci, blessing up for 15. So, oh, yeah. my girl, see my gear and Notice my grill, here comes a pointing and staring. On the left of me, smooth as flipping. Tricky in my way, I'm on the dance floor ripping. Simple for the cutie, the key, I'm trying to find him. Tim is in the front, and Mobetta's right behind him. And me, I'm just laying on the prowl. God say what's up as the girls cry out. She grabbed her man, I think she tried to play him. My only thought was to step to the AM, cause I came to have a good time. And at the end of the night, no doubt, I'm gonna get mine. Cause I don't have to raise my voice to be seen, I maintain. If you know what I mean, understand I'm not conceited. Father's just mellow, I'm a smooth dog, Romeo Free. Everything is
that dance, baby. Do that dance, let's work it out. Do that dance, do that dance, baby. Do that dance, let's work it out. The psychonite is rare I class civil right Oh, who do we have there? Puff and Steve getting ready What the hell? I see Mr. Uptown Some entree around Conversating with his voice As they start the bar Straight through the crowd It's time to get charged It's kind of mellow So I leap To the center where the soul's Rolling 5D Mark Curry and Sarge Ken and LQ Doing the wild thing Cause the soul is true And every time I see Bodies getting busy Girls are getting wild Cause the father's going for his And every time I hear the music Thumping you thump And all the girls getting bumped Right in your rump So everybody who feel the mood is right Get on the dance floor Come on, Has this ever happened to you? Wow, impressive interview. You're so well-spoken. But we're looking for someone with a lot less experience who knows Sean McVay. You understand, right, brother? Ain't this a bitch? Oh, no. You need some Rooney Rub. Rooney Rub? What's that? It's the only rub that gets you NFL head coaching love or your money back guaranteed. Here's how it works. Apply a generous amount of Rooney Rub all over your body. Wait three and a half minutes, maybe even faux, and presto. You're the perfect complexion to get their affection. You know what? Stop it right there, because you had me at hello. You're hired. Appreciate your Rooney Rub. Act now, and we'll throw in this free All Lives Matter do-rag. Tired of token interviews? Then order Rooney Rub now. Side effects include nausea, mayonnaise addiction, elephantitis, getting your black card revoked, urge to skydive, hummus, sudden attraction to flat booty, affluenza, and white guilt. So I had to bring this back. I had to come back to this because <clears throat> I can't shake this. I had to take time to actually look these things up because Brian Flores, what he came out to talk about, um, and to sue, to take that stance and sue the NFL for their tactics when it comes to the Rooney Rule or lack thereof. I had to sit there and really take a deep dive at this because I'm like, how many black coaches do I even recall in the NFL? And I made the stance where I'm like, why? I mean, I applaud what he's doing. I'm like, you can't really force people to get someone that they don't want. You can't tell me at my job what I can and cannot do. Now, you can tell me who I can interview. That doesn't mean I can't have my mind made up already. So I get that part as well. But at the end of the day, shouldn't this be about winning? We see, we watch these games. 
and we're all so enthralled. We're so invested into our teams, and, and we're and when our teams lose, we're so gut wrenched. You know how many tragedies has happened over the families across America? You can go on social media, and you'll see people getting so emotional and and so crazed about their teams that they're destroying their own property. They're ripping their flat screens out of the walls because they believe that their organizations actually give a damn about them winning. If that's the case, you would just hire the best candidate, wouldn't you? This goes back to the age-old thing to where it's like, hey, we're gonna have the best talent. We don't mind having 70, 75% of our league being African-American men because they are the fastest and strongest and they, they were bred this way through slavery and whatever. But damn it, we're not gonna let them be the leaders of our organization. We're not gonna let them be the leaders of our football teams. And that used to even channel down to quarterback. They used to think, they still kind of do think this way that the black player is just not smart enough. You have to be the smartest one on the team to be able to orchestrate an offense, to be able to read defenses, to be able to have your hand touch the ball every single down. They said, I don't want to trust that to some nigga. I'm, I'm keeping a buck with you guys today. I'm being raw. That's what it is. And then, they would get quarterbacks. They even had someone like Warren Moon, who's probably the best quarterback of all times, but he didn't have enough years in the NFL. Why? Why is that? They wanted to make him change positions because you're black. You can't be a quarterback. You, you could run fast, be a receiver, be a kicker, be anything else besides a quarterback, and he refused. He went and played in Canada and blew it up over there, destroyed it. Came over here and played for the Houston Oilers and destroyed that as well. Finished his career, I believe, with the Minnesota Vikings and destroyed it. My point is, it's this old mentality that makes them think that because you are black, I don't see that you are competent enough or to be trusted to run my organization. There's even studies, there's even history can show you where there's even been coaches who were successful, like Brian Flores, successful his last two seasons, even though the front office allegedly were paying him to throw games. So is it about winning? Or is it about having someone there that, you know, when, when it's the dog days, when you're trying to acquire assets and you're trying to lose purposely so you can put yourself in better positions to get higher draft picks and, and to acquire assets, like, okay, while this period of time, we're not trying to win right now, so we go ahead and hire this boy right here to fit our Rooney Rule quota. You can't say, hey, look at us. We hired us one of them naggers, so we should be okay. We're not a racist organization. You know, they like to be called nagger. They call each other nagger, nagger, nagger all the time in all their rap songs, so we could go ahead and do it. And see, look, we tried to hire him, and he kept losing, like Hugh Jackson. Oh, he was paid two to lose? Oh, that makes sense. So they can acquire all those assets to be a Super Bowl contender, except they struck out on Baker Mayfield, but I digress. He's also included in this class action. There's really an agenda to keep the black man down as being a leader over organization. Can you believe that? In the NBA, they're starting to figure it out. The black coaches are doing great things. Now, they have white coaches who have been very successful. You know, basketball is a different sport. But look at Bernie Bickerstaff over there with the Cleveland Cavaliers. There's so many cases of that. That's just one instant. My point is, in the NFL, I had to look this up. I'm like, how many times do they even hire black head coaches? I had to look this up. There's only been 24 black head coaches in NFL's illustrious history. 24. 
24. Let's name them. The first one, someone, I didn't even know this, Fritz Pollard. His name is Frederick Douglass Pollard. The family name is Fritz. Fritz Pollard, he went ahead, um, let me see here, when, when did he coach? Uh, he was the first African-American head coach in the NFL. Um, that was back in the days before it was actually called the NFL. Uh, who did he coach? He coached the as co-coach in 1921. First black head coach in NFL history after the Akron pros appointed him as co-coach. So he wasn't even a full head coach. The first one was a co-coach. Let that sink in your spirit. So that's really 23. But let's keep, let's keep going on. Art Shell from my Raiders was actually the first full-time head coach in the NFL. But he's second overall. Then we got Dennis Green. We all know him, Minnesota and some other other teams. Ray Rose for many years in Philadelphia and other teams. All right, Tony Dungy, we all know him, probably the best black head coach of all times. Won the Super Bowl, the, the Buccaneers championship with, with Gruden. That was his team. He built that team. Then he went ahead with the Colts and did his thing all over again with Peyton Manning, giving Peyton Manning his first win. And we got Herman Edwards. You played to win the game. Hello. Herman Edwards did his thing. Now he's in college. Marvin Lewis, who Stephen A. affectionately will come after season after season advocating for this black man to be fired not knowing the history before then it was only six black head coaches ever he was the seventh at the, the time when he was hired and you want to advocate for his dismissal because of what he was they were winning every year they just couldn't get over the hump because of the fact they were winning and not getting over the hump you couldn't get top draft picks so you kind of wade in the waters he probably wouldn't accept losing games getting paid to lose games and they knew he was an exceptional coach 15 years. Come on, man. And then now he can't get another sniff. Lovey Smith, where it was him and Herm Edwards, not Herm Edwards, um, Dungy were the first two black head coaches to host the Super Bowl. The one I just told you that Dungy won. He won it over Lovey Smith. All right. And then after he was gone, he couldn't get another look. Terry Robisky. Who is Terry Robisky? All right, Terry Robisky was named an interim head coach twice. He's never really truly been a head coach. Interim head coach. Let's let, we're going to get back to that. Romeo Cromel. Romeo Cromel only coached for three seasons. We'll get to that as well. And that's it. Mike Tomlin up there with Dungeon. Emmett Thomas. I was like, who in the hell is Emmett Thomas? Another one. Emmett Thomas was actually an interim head coach for the Atlanta Falcons middle of the 2007 season. And go back to the interim as well. As well again, we're going to go back to Terry Robisky. He was a named interim head coach twice, once during the 2000 season for then the Washington Redskins and then during the 2004 season with the Cleveland Browns. So that he was an interim head coach. All right. So we move down. Third, Mike Singletary. You already know about that. He was there from 2008 to 2010. Two years. Let, didn't even make three years. Jim Caldwell. He's also named in this case. That's another one. He was only a head coach. He was a head coach for two seasons, two different franchises, Indianapolis Colts, 2009 to 2011, for two years. And then Detroit Lions from 14 to 17. Mind you, he's the only winning head coach in Lions history. Let that sizzle in your spirit. He, is, he has the best winning percentage of any Lions head coach since, 19, since the 1950s. 36 and 28. He, the Lions also had two playoff bursts in four seasons as compared to one playoff appearance in the previous 14 seasons before Jim Caldwell. 
but you see the, where they're looking at right now. They fired him for a reason. I brought him up on many shows for a reason. Jim Caldwell. All right, we can get, keep going down. Raheem Morris. We know about Raheem. Perry Fewell. Fewell. I didn't know who that was. He was a head coach for Buffalo Bills for a single season. One season. When does that ever happen? Well, it just happened again with the Houston Texans not too long ago. Which he doesn't even make this list. Leslie Frazier. Okay. He coached from 2010 to 2013, just three seasons. Eric Studsfield. Who is that? Eric Studsfield. He was only the head coach for Denver Broncos during their final four games of the 2010 season. Another interim coach. He served as a defensive coordinator for Miami under Brian Flores. Mel Tucker. Who in the hell is Mel Tucker? Who is Mel Tucker? Another interim coach. He was an interim coach. And some of these coaches actually did double duties. So they was like, okay, I'll make you a head coach. Like Raheem Morris was a head coach and a defensive coordinator at the same time. All right? We already talked about Hugh Jackson. Anthony Lynn got a raw deal. All right? Anthony Lynn got a raw deal. He only coached for, uh, what, two, two coached for two teams. All right? He got four years with uh, with the Chargers, though, before they let him go, and they went ahead and made sure they got the right quarterback, made sure the team was no longer uh, in purgatory, and then they went ahead and fired his ass when he had a, they felt like they had a chance to win. Vanson Joseph. All right, Vanson Joseph coached for one season, 2017 to 2018. One season. Then we got to Brian Flores. We all know about Brian Flores. He was there for what, two seasons? Three seasons. So if you let if you break that all down out of the 24 I mentioned, out of the 24, there's there were four interim coaches, two of them for one season, and four of them for three seasons or less. That's not one, like maybe two or three. So that's what? Six, ten. Ten out of the twenty-four. Mind you, that first one it wasn't even a full head coach. He was a co-coach. So it was really so ten out of 23. So even though Adam, we have 32 organizations in the league, we've only had 24 all time. And 10 of them were there for less than three seasons. Let that sink in. Is it really a fair shake? What does that tell you about the whole status or the situation of the NFL? It's an all boys club. So at the end of the day, Stop trying to claw to get you a little piece of the pie because they don't give a damn about you. Even when Jim Caldwell was winning, even when Brian Flores was winning, they still fired their butts. Get your own league. It's time. Be done with it. Be like Deion Sanders. As soon as Deion Sanders started winning over there in Jackson State, they're trying to poach him quick, fast, in a hurry. They're mad that he's doing the things that they did before to win. When the playing fields are equal, they don't like that. They're going to show you the shiny thing. They're going to show you they have the facilities and this and that and this and that. Don't buy into it. Stay to your ground. You may not get those TV contracts at first, but you know what? People are going to want to see top talent. And if the Negro League or whatever league you want to call it has all the top talent, they're going to tune in. I'm sure there's going to be some black stations going to pick it up. There's going to be one rogue white station that picks it up and their ratings going to shoot through the roof. They might even develop an app which is what they're doing. They say, okay, you want to watch this? $5 a month on an app. And people will buy the hell out of that stuff. And they want to see the top talent. They want to see their favorite players playing on Sunday. You can play them on the same day, same times as the NFL, and watch their ratings. And it's going to keep on happening. You just got to be brave enough to do it, NFL. I'm sorry, not NFL, but 
black players, black coaches, black billionaires. Oprah, go ahead and buy a few teams. Uh, uh, P. Diddy, do go ahead and buy a few teams. Jay-Z, buy some teams. You already got the infrastructure, how to do it. You be on the inside as a mole, knowing how to do it. Go ahead and do that. Tyler Perry, go ahead and do that. All you black billionaires. Kevin Hart, go ahead and do that. Eddie Murphy, go ahead and do that. Rob Johnson, Bob Johnson, go ahead and do that. Do that. Put your money together. Get your own league. Start with 12 teams. They will come. Those 70% of players, you take 70% of any asset in any organization, they will crumble. Now you're forced to get players from God knows where to fill in the gaps. And watch how poor the player's going to look. Just wait and see. Just wait and see. Time for change. Change is now. Until next time. You can win As long as you keep Your head to the sky Be optimistic that's it this week guys really thank you guys all for rocking with me once again we had a great show appreciate the amigos in the building tj brian and jackson i really appreciate y'all for showing in and showing out people appreciate you so much so much um this week the song choice was everything gonna be all right by father mc and jodeci man what a classic track appreciate all my faithful listeners appreciate all you guys all my new listeners coming in as we grow and grow the show remember if you like the show like it and of course of course share and of course of course subscribe now it's time for our final word i rejoice greatly in the lord that at last you renewed your concern for me indeed you were concerned but you had no opportunity to show it I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Philippians 4, 10 through 13. Remember to spread love share love embrace love for god is love until next time peace